Hello tribe and welcome to the High Order Podcast. This podcast is all about finding yourself through mindset and movement. Our guests will share their struggles of everyday life and how they found a drive to turn their dreams into attainable goals. We are proudly sponsored by CrossFit High Order, an all-inclusive fitness facility in East Haddam, Connecticut, whose focus is teaching movement, building mindset, and education on nutrition. Today, we're going to be talking about goals and mindset, and I know that's kind of what the podcast is about, but for the past few episodes that we had, we talked about somebody kind of going through their goal and you know, reaching it or not reaching it at the end and how their mindset changed. Today is going to be slightly different, and I think it is probably even more important, and that's kind of the different types of mindsets and how to get that mindset. It's not something that's given. It's not something we're born with necessarily, but how do we create that mindset? And at the same time, how do we create goals and how they kind of work together? So today I have a guest named Meg. Meg, give a little intro to yourself. Hi, I'm Meg. I'm happy to be here. I really like what Andrew's putting out there and I'm happy to be involved with that. I am a CrossFitter. I have aspirations to be a high-level CrossFitter, so I work on that a lot. I'm a full-time student, and I work. All right. <laughs> so tell you, say your, uh, your your full name, Meg. Carrie. Yeah, I want to put that on Sorry, the record for, for the record. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, know I've known you for a couple of years now. You used to do powerlifting, uh, competitive. Yep. You're a competitive powerlifter, and then you jumped on the uh, the CrossFit train. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. So. And then recently, as of what was, uh, you went to the Granite Games last year, yeah. made it to the Women's RX, yep. competed team in that, three. kicked some butt. Your team, you guys came first in a couple heats. Yeah, we won a couple heats. We ended up coming in 20th overall, which was cool. Pretty awesome. First yeah. time on a big stage. <laughs> yeah, big big CrossFit stage. Yeah, it was really cool. What was that uh, experience like in general from going from, <laughs> you know, the town where you work out at CrossFit Breakdown? Yep. And Amston. So going from Amston, which is kind of a little right next to a podunk town in Hebron where I live and stuff like that. But going from that kind of environment of working out with, you know, the everyday person and then all of a sudden you guys put in some hard work. You're part of a competition team. You uh, then compete and you make it. You qualify for the Granite Games. You go there. What that, what was that experience like? It was so cool. Um, obviously qualifying like you and I had talked a lot during that and I was so scared. I was like somewhat new to CrossFit. I had days where I was like, this is great. Like I should be here. This is exactly what I have made for this. And then I had days where like, I don't deserve this. I'm not ready for this. So it was like a huge battle for me emotionally. But once we qualified, it was like, all right, this is go time. We have a couple weeks, like or a couple months. I don't remember, but we had to like, this is it. It's happening. Like, let's get better. And then being there was the coolest. Like, being in that in, in, in CrossFit Breakdown is honestly really cool. It's fun. The people are great. But being there was like just so many like-minded people, like so many girls who are jacked and working super hard. And like, they're just like me. Like, it's like nice to have people to talk to who like have the same things. Like everything's in common. So I wasn't like walking around being like stared at for like having big arms. It was like everybody has that. It was like just cool to be around a lot of like-minded people. And to just perform, like, it was super fun to, like, have a crowd and be – everybody at home was watching live on, like, Flowy Lee. Like, what a cool thing. It was just awesome. 
It reminds me when I went to the CrossFit Games in 2012, and by went to them, I mean I, I, <laughs> I like, actually went there. Uh, one of my buddies who bought VIP tickets, they offered up 300. We were living in Arizona. We ended up going out to there. And it was weird because you go in there and you're like, holy cow, these are my people. Yeah. And everyone's just the, the attitude and the environment is just, it's so different. Yeah. And, you it's, know, you're, you're at the, uh, I think it was at the Staples Center originally or maybe the Home Depot Center. I'm going to screw that one up. But anyways, okay. it was funny because the line for like the paleo truck was two miles long. Right. But like the concession <laughs> yeah. stands are serving nachos and like hot dogs. Those people were so bored because exactly. like nobody it was, was so eating nice. there. so nice. Like it was like. People around here are super supportive, but they don't like get it really like my mindset and my lifestyle. But there it was like, I'm one in a million. Like it was cool to just be <laughs> like that. Awesome. Like everyone's normal. Everyone agrees. Like everyone's the same ideas. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So what uh, I have you on the show today, we're going to talk a little bit about you and your mindset in general. You have a lot going on in your life and uh, a packed schedule yeah. <laughs> uh, beyond what most people do. So kind of talk about what you're doing right now, job, career wise. Um, and you're kind of like your general day-to-day schedule, how yep. busy it is. It's busy. Um, <laughs> so I went back to school at 26. I have an undergrad degree in exercise science and I went back to school for my associates to um, become an occupational therapy assistant. And the purpose of that was to go into a bridge program to get my master's to be an occupational therapist. So I am an OTA now. So I'm working per diem. I work kind of irregularly, but I do work full days and I work in a location that's like an hour and a half away. So a lot of driving, but I am doing what I love. So I'm an OTA earning my master's as a full-time student to be an occupational therapist. So I have about a year and a half left of that. Um, so I'm either doing homework or like going to class or have online classes, going to work and then fitting in like a huge amount of training five days a week. And then the off days I usually do some sort of fasted cardio, definitely some mobility, um, try to get like a flush type of workout in. So every day is something to do with CrossFit. And then most days are something to do with homework. And a lot of days are something to do with work. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot to handle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> and so how do you balance it out? Stay focused? Um, you know, I, I guess you can talk a little bit about that. You yeah. know, and then we'll go into kind of like goal setting. Yeah. So actually it's interesting. Um, I was hoping to talk about this with you because I was working per diem. I was working like an unusual amount of time. I wasn't working very much for a while. So I was sort of focused on CrossFit and school. And I got an opportunity to work more hours to cover someone else's maternity leave. So I knew it was going to be about three months of more work, less time for training. And initially my mindset was like, oh no, this is going to be the worst. Like I'm going to be so bad at work because I'm going to be so tired. I'm going to be so bad at training because I'm going to be so tired. Like everything's going to fall apart. And what I found was that like that really helped me like compartmentalizing my stress. I was like, I need to be at work and I need to be focused and I'm not thinking about CrossFit that much then my time in the gym needs to be quality. So like now I have a focus, like before I was like, okay, I have all day, like whatever, like take some time off in between, eat a little bit. Then when I was working more, it was like, all right, I have two hours. I need to get X, Y, and Z done. It needs to be good. Like I need to go to bed. So like it was really helpful to me to be a little more structured. So that's kind of a good thing for me. That's how I balance things is by having a structure and a plan for the day, intentions for everything that I'm going to do, and then kind of a recheck to see, like, how did I do with that? What can I do better about that tomorrow? So you almost have, like, a, a daily goal. Yeah. Or per se. Every day you kind of wake up, you're like, this is what I have to do. And whether you write it down or create those, mm-hmm. you know, or just mentally check it off. But at least you have a kind yeah. of a little flow. It's it's funny, too, because I always think 
when I have a million things to do, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get this all done, but the busier you are, the better you are at time management. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, like you're Absolutely. like, <laughs> I have, I'm off from school this week and I'm like, I have too much time. Like it's like throwing me off, like how much time I have. And it's making me less impactful in what I'm doing in that moment. <laughs> like it's throwing me off so much. So I appreciate it. But like at the same time, I like kind of that having to move, having to focus when I'm doing it and then just checking things off the list as I go. I'm the same way. I get so, when I don't have something to do, I'm just legitimately like, "What do I do?" With I my, feel guilty. What do I do with my I'm hands? Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. What am I supposed <laughs> to be doing right now? Like, I don't. Oh, so like, I end up just like looking for things. I don't know. It's just like a waste of time, and I feel bad. I'm not good at sitting still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so true. So, how did you create these goals? And in general, you you know, obviously, you said you're doing your daily goals, but mm-hmm. was it? you know, when did you decide to start creating these goals or goals in general? When did you realize that you were more goal driven person? When did you create that, you know, mindset to kind of follow it and chase those dreams and stuff like that or turn those dreams to goals? Yeah. So when you first started, when you first asked me about like being on the podcast and talking about goals, I really like thought back in history. I was like, when I am a very goal, very goal driven person. Like I like to have something, I have my goals on the back of my door. Like I have all these things, like I just strive, like I thrive off of having goals. So I was like, when did that start? When did I, when did I do that? And I realized it's like the first time I really remember making a big goal was literally like fourth grade. Like I, <laughs> my, so my brother is four years older than me and he was in eighth grade and he won this like, this at like scholar leader award, I think is what it was called. I don't even remember, but it was like a big deal. Like my parents were super proud of him. Like, I don't think he really cared that much. I don't really remember but he got to go out to dinner to this like big restaurant and they got a plaque. Like it was cool. Like one boy and one girl from eighth grade won this award for like academic achievement. And apparently in fourth grade, I was like, I'm going to win that award in eighth grade. <laughs> and I just like said that. And I like put it out there. I said, my family knew that that's what I wanted. And um, my mom told me I'm 30 now. So this is a long time ago. My mom told me within the last few years that she was like petrified for like four years that I wasn't gonna, like, <laughs> what, like anybody could get it. You know what I mean? Like any, whatever, like it could easily fall into anyone's lap. She was so nervous. I wasn't going to get that. Cause like it would be been a crushing blow to me. And she didn't know what she would say or how we would handle it, but I won it. <laughs> like I got to go to that dinner. I got my plaque. Um, so like, I just, that was the kind of the first time I remember setting a goal. And it was probably like a really big goal to have. And I just did what I had to do for the next four years. And I was like, I'm going to win that. Like every, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I did it. And um, I liked it. It made me feel good. So like I knew setting attainable goals was like something I liked. And then I just kind of do that on like smaller scale or bigger scales throughout the rest of my life. So what were kind of those next goals? Like, that you created after you waited four years. It seems like a, you know, no one really sets it like, like it's almost it's a four year goal. You said like a four, you said like a four year goal in fourth grade. Like most people are like, what do I have to do to get 25 cents to go buy candy? You know, like, and I I think that's awesome. But, but you know, after we got that, what was the next goal? It's like like, graduate high school. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was like a good student. Like I wanted to do well. I wanted to go to college. Um, I did want to play college volleyball, but I don't remember that being like as adamant as the other thing. Like I don't, like, and I didn't play college volleyball and that's probably why. Like, I just was like, eh, like it kind of was like fleeting. The next like big thing, like obviously graduating college, um, getting a job. I lived on my own for a long time. Like that was a goal. 
That was good for me. Um, going back to school. So after I graduated college, it wasn't long after that, that I realized I should have been an OT. <laughs> so a long time went by there, but the whole time I was doing prerequisites, I was taking classes. I had that in mind, like I'm going to be an OT. I'm going to be an OT. So that was my next like big thing was being an occupational therapist. So now we're kind of in the midst of that. So when you first thought about being an occupational therapist, was it a dream for, was it, was it something that you really wanted to do, but we're kind of like, yeah, we'll get to it maybe now. Or was it like, did you kind of think of, Hey, I'm going to be occupational therapist and this is the way it is. Yeah. So once I realized I didn't know what OT was, um, in school in undergrad. And even after I started working, I was working in physical therapy immediately after I got my kinesiology degree. And one of the PTs I was working with was like, you know, you're doing OT with your clients. Right. And I was like, Really? Because I was like having people work on returning to drive or working in the kitchen. Like I was doing very occupational tasks, very functional tasks um, in my personal training and my physical therapy like realm. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, tell me about this awesome idea. Like, that's so cool. And she's like, that's a thing. Like you can be, you can get paid to do that. That can be your job. And once I looked into it, it was like that day I was like, I'm going to be this. And the main barriers were like, logistics like unfortunately like it costs a lot of money to go back to school and I was already like paying back loans from going out of state for four years I was living out of state um so like logistics sort of slowed my dream down but I never let them be a like a impending like it wasn't like this is over now like it was just like how do we get around this and I mean I'm gonna struggle with that forever because I sort of sacrificed a lot of things to make that dream happen and I'm still doing that and I'll be paying back student loans for a long time. But I was like, I would rather be like, I live at home now. Like I'll throw that out there. <laughs> like it's not, it's not great. It's not like my dream to be living at home, but like that's the only financial sensible thing I could do to make this dream happen. So like, I just had to sort of throw away like society's expectations of where you're supposed to be at 30 and be like, my dream is to be an OT. And the only way to do that is to do what I have to do. <laughs> and so moved home kind of worked little jobs or worked a little less and figured it out. That's one thing that we always talk about too, is what are you willing to sacrifice? Mm -hmm. You know, and (laughs) it's, it's true. You're supposed to, by this society, American society, you're supposed to be at this, at this stage, you're supposed to have this, this, and this in your life. And that's the American dream. But But is anyone happy? Like, is anyone doing what they are meant to do? Like, do people know what they want to do when they go to college? Like when I was 18, I had no clue. Like, I wish I knew, like, I actually, I go back and forth on that too. Like, do I wish I went to OT school from 18? And I kind of like, yeah, financially it'd be awesome. Like, it'd be great. I'd be an OT now. Like I'd be, I've worked for a couple of years, but like, would I have experienced like all those things I did in the middle and like struggled to make this work to like make this, I don't know. So like, it's like a give and take, like what's better, but yeah, like who knows that at 18, like who knows what they want and like forever and like has worked enough to feel what they like, find what they don't want more than anything I think like it's just so hard for me to understand that have everybody figure that out (laughs) well you know but I think a lot of people are doing stuff that they don't want to do yeah I think because they're staying in that safety bubble of of I have a paycheck and it pays my bills I'm allowed to go on my vacation two times a year for two weeks or whatever but you know I'm the same way at 30 years old at 30 years old is when I opened up I mean across the higher I gave away a really high paying job Um, to literally count pennies and take out my savings and retirement to open up a gym. And guess what? 
I love it. You know, yeah. I, you know, you know, not to dive into things deeply, but no, I'm not getting, <laughs> I'm not getting paid nothing compared to what I used to, but you know what? Every day I'm happy. I wake up, I go to work. I love what yeah. I do. And I think the happiness factor is what people are sacrificing in their life is instead of following and chasing their dreams and goals, they're chasing either the dollar to make sure they can fund their things like in life, like their materialistic things. Yeah. And, and it's fine or if like you're into that. Break from, like they're just working to spend money to get away from their work. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. that's crazy. Like it's just used, like I'm so happy to go to work now, like as an OTA. And I like, I, the day goes by so fast and it's not perfect. Like it's, everything's not glorious. That's for sure. But like I leave and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just, I'm getting paid for that. Like it still feels like volunteer worker. It still feels like something I would just sort of do on my own, like, cause it's fun and I like it and I love helping people. And like, I'm like, this is so cool. Like maybe it's like the honeymoon phase of this, my dream sort of coming through, but like, I don't see a day where I'm just not going to be happy doing this. Like it's just, I'm so I, happy. I don't that, think so either. That, yeah. You're going to get that feedback, especially you're dealing with people who are trying to move again mm -hmm. and seeing their successes. Yeah. You know, that's what makes me happy is yeah. seeing the success of other people and being able to help people see that. And, and also building that mindset of taking somebody who's like, whether you're dealing with somebody who's stuck in a wheelchair who just can't stand up or, or, you know, missing a limb or doing something or working with a new prosthetic. When you're taking somebody who feels that they're not going to get back to quote unquote, their old self right. and telling them, listen, you're not going to be your old self, but no one is ever going to be their old self. What's good is yeah. you get to learn and try and grow and, and be the new you yeah. of someone better and you take those lessons. And then when people realize that and they change their mindset to being like, holy cow, look what I can do. And yeah. seeing that like bright spot it's and their so, eyes light up, you're like, than yes, yeah. you did it, you it's know, like the greatest thing. and whether that's in, you know, occupational therapy or whether that's in any other, like, you know, teaching somebody how to drive and getting, giving them their, 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 you know, license or yeah. getting the, taking them on the, their permit test or, or something like that. Something yeah. even small and minuscule like that. Oh, even is very powerful. Like getting someone to powerful. get dressed on their own. Like that's like a big thing that I do. Cause I work in a nursing facility now and it's like seeing someone like, get themselves dressed for the, put their shoes on for the first time, like in a long time in years, they never thought they'd be able to do that. They always have someone help them do that. And it's like, I've, I'm the biggest cheerleader. I'm like, you just did that. Like, that's so cool. Like I like freak out. Like that's so cool to me every time. And then they finally realize, like, yeah, that is cool. Like that's such a thing that affects you. Like being able to dress yourself, like imagine losing that ability. And now it's like, I'm giving this back to you. Like that's such a cool thing to be able to do. So I just, I love it so much. It's just, my dream for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, chasing those dreams, uh, giving up something like you're mm -hmm. giving up the fact that you don't have your own apartment or, or right. house or something like that. But if you did, then you either are yeah. going to be so stressed out every day because you're going to be trying to chase that dollar to make ends meet yep. and it's just not worth it. And, I, and I, I think that's what we're also trying to do here is, is, is that show people that you're never and I'm not, this is not towards you at all. You're never too old to start your dreams. You know, like I did that at 30 years I old. I gave I up everything. People, if they think that they have something, like I don't care what, it, how old you are or what your life situation is, like find a way. Like, yeah, I know that's easier to say, like, and to do, than do, but like try to find a way because there's nothing better than just making it work. You know, like Alan Watts always said too, he's like, you could either spend your time with money and be miserable every day of your life right. or you could give that all up, chase what you like and be broke and happy. Yep. And I think, you know, whether you are, you know, and usually when you become broke and happy, you no longer become broke 
because you realize that it's not about the money. It's about yeah. the happiness that you're finding in life every day. And if you create that happiness, more people it's going to spread to, which ultimately are going to be more supportive of what you're doing, yeah. which then they're going to you know, invest in you, whether financially and whatnot. So you no longer be broken. Then all of a sudden you start <laughs> doing something out of nowhere that you didn't think was possible. And now you're getting paid to follow your dream. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge thing. I wish more people would do. Yeah, me too. More people would do that. So your mindset on in general, like I know we kind of talked uh, prior the uh, podcast here and you were talking about how your mindset has changed a lot and that's not just fitness related, but in, yeah. in and outside of that. And I think not everyone who listens to this podcast is 100% fitness related and maybe they haven't started uh, or anything like that, but on a day to day, even activity, what are, what ways have you seen that your mindset has changed, whether it's over 10 years, over five years, over the past couple months, and what were those things that kind of pushed you into changing that mindset? Um, I think I just started to feel like in general, in my life, I was reacting to everything that was happening. Like I sort of had this thought, this like consistent pattern of thoughts that was like, if you, you know, like if you stub your toe and then you keep stubbing your toe and you're just like, the world is totally out to get me right now. Like, <laughs> so like that was my mindset, like on a daily basis, like one thing would go wrong and I would let that affect me and then, like a stupid thing, like anything getting cut off driving or something. So like I would let those things out of my control sort of take control over the rest of my day and even into the next day sometimes. And it's like, just that, like I got to a point where I was like, come on, like this is exhausting. Um, and I started to, it was at the nursing home actually. Um, somebody was like really short with me. A patient was very short with me and I was just like, Come on. Like, I just like had this, like, just my whole body was like, what? Come on. Like, why are you got to be like this to me? And like to them, I was fine. And I was very patient and I like handled it and I left the situation. And on the way home, I was like complaining about it. Like I was venting about it. And then that night I was like, they don't have anything. They weren't trying to get be mad at me. Like they're not trying to ruin my day. Like I got to slow down. Like I got to stop. So I really started focusing. That's when I was like, I need to research mindset because I'm in a bad place. And that's when I started listening to resources and reading about things and and trying to change my attitude and the first thing I tried to change was that period of time between an event and my reaction and I tried to like my focus for the next couple days and now forever was like let's lengthen that period of time take a breath and recognize like is this something that I need to react to in a negative way is this something I need to react to at all um what what's happening right now like what can I do to change it positively or should I just step out? Like just like thinking about the different ways that this can go down and like choosing the better option. And from then on, like I was hooked to like, I have so much control over my mood. Like I have so much yeah. control that I had no idea. Like I just like didn't realize that I was in this power, like to handle my emotions and my feelings and like the way I was going to handle things. And I was like hooked after that to just like, all right, I'm going to ride this. Like I'm going to grab the reins and change how I feel about stuff. The one thing that you said is like with people being short with you, um, I always like to throw something from my military experience in our podcast every time. And, you know, I drove a big armored vehicle on roads of Afghanistan and Iraq. I don't even want to call them roads in Afghanistan, <laughs> but uh, for, for years I did that. And I was incredibly reactive to everything because we always had to be on alert yeah. in, in general. So when I come home and someone would call me off or something oh, like that, yeah. I would literally go out of my way to like follow people past my yeah. house <laughs> to try and like cut them off to get them back. And it would literally suck up 
so much time of yeah. my day and make me so, so angry. <laughs> and it was just like I had ultimate road rage. <laughs> and, you know, after trying to really starting to dig deep inside myself and finding my own meditation, mm-hmm. I realized that there's no purpose of being angry at something you can't control. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading something and I totally wish I remember what it was, but they said, only allow yourself to be angry for five minutes a day. Like time yourself. And yeah. this is the first thing I did. So when I get raging, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend four minutes of raging at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm only going to get one minute for the rest of the day. So then I would time it. And then like, I would just go, okay, I'm good. And then go? I had one minute and then like throughout the day would go on. And then if that one thing came up, I had like 30 seconds I have to. And so I started minimizing yeah, I like that. my anger amount of time that I was angry for, for nothing and realized that you're wasting so much energy. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, you know, you felt somebody being short with you, but maybe they weren't actually being short. And I think this ties a lot into, in general, even social media is we're always reactive so quickly. If mm-hmm. someone's, if you're like on Facebook or Instagram, you're like, I like the color blue. And then someone's like, well, I like red better. <laughs> what? You, were you attacking me? Cause I don't like the color yeah, blue. Exactly. You know, it, 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 instead of being like, Hey, that's their opinion. They're allowed to have that. Mm-hmm. We always think that somebody's trying to physically attack us and taking that breath, like you're yeah. saying in between there. And Hey, maybe they're having a tough day and exactly. maybe like you don't have, and once you really, really understand it being in somebody else's shoes, exactly. I was just gonna say that like, it, it's, it's entirely different. And there's a saying and all these sayings that we hear over and over again throughout our life. Oh, you walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. You can take that and be short. Like, yeah, you know, I'll walk in someone's shoes. But if you actually take the time to really think about that yeah. and dig deep about that, not just the mile in their shoes today, but what about the things that they experienced in the past year, two years, three years, four years? Mm-hmm. You could hear these stories online of these people, like uh, tragic events that they go through and then another tragedy and yeah. then another tragedy. No and they're dealing with this stuff for years and they just, they're just short that day. Yeah. And we're there to rip down. And their I'm throat. just like, I'm walking into people's rooms. Like, and I'm, I'm like very, I try to be super empathetic at work. I always have, like, I always try to meet people where they are. But I'm still just like this person coming in their life, coming in their bubble and like basically telling them what to do and like working with them in the most like client centered way possible. But like maybe he wasn't in the mood that day. Like he just wants to like, you know what I mean? Like it's not his fault. Like it's just crazy for me to think like it's just such an egocentric way of like living to think that everyone's just attacking me and it's all about me. And so I'm glad to just like rid myself of that and become more empathetic towards like what someone might be going through. I don't know. And it's, it's really true, like you were saying, too, that it allows you so much control over your your happiness, I think. And I what think, a good feeling. Yeah. Like what an empowering feeling to be like, no, my day is going to be a good day. Like we're gonna, And then that also helps him. Like it helps who you're with to be like, wait, like let's talk about this. Like it's helped me work with people for sure to like help them react that way, too. Like let's talk. What's really going on here? Like you're not mad at me. I'm not mad at you. Like what's what's happening? What are you frustrated with? So it's like opened up really nice conversations and for other people to feel better as well, to be reflective on my own mindset, I guess. Yeah. I'm very much, I used to be that very short tempered, like <laughs> my, my, my dad, he's uh, you know, I picked up his road rage. When I was younger. Like, I know my dad's not road rage anymore, but like, you know, when my dad was in his like thirties and forties and we driving around, he'd be yelling at cars, you know, it's not like that anymore. But my mom has always been patient. And I'm like, how's my mom so patient mom with like these things? Too, She's yeah. just like, listen, just let it go. It's yeah. fine. It doesn't bother you. And I'm like, no, but it does. Like it does bother me. Like my mom's just like, just so peaceful and she's able to handle stuff so well. And I realized that 
as the time comes on, I can understand why, she, why how, you know, she's, she's just made her mindset to deal with that. You know, yeah. my mom goes through a lot. She's got rheumatoid arthritis. She's got, you know, uh, she's got diabetes too. Um, and so she deals with a lot of stuff and her body doesn't handle meds. Well, she, you know, she's always in pain, but she never shows it. She, you know, puts a smile on, just says I'm good. And she hides all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Um, how well she can it's handle like a that mom stuff. characteristic. It, it's incredible. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and everyone's got like their mom is the best, you know, yeah, like your mom's super cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, your mom is yeah, super cool. cool. She is really cool. But I feel like moms just like can hide that pain and like they're ready to be like here for you no matter what. Like, and that's incredible. That's like your mom sounds pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, she is. So, like, and I just, I, in general, I don't try to ever show that emotion. And I'm just like this very tough, hard individual. And I'm like, <laughs> but having having that empathy and, and breathing through events that kind of elevate your temperature mm-hmm. and just taking that step back is just it's actually very rewarding to be like you know what like you said they're not here to ruin my day yeah and the only person who's going to ruin your day is you yeah for sure it's like no matter what anything you go wrong your car could just you know, all four flat tires yeah. you'd be late for work <laughs> you could have all this stuff happen and, you know, I think uh, I was talking with somebody else is that you could have all that stuff happen and you could either be, well, look at my day and you want to go and complain to people. And it's good. You got an event off your chest. But if you just be like, well, what good happened today? And you know what? Yeah. And tomorrow <laughs> this, I know this isn't going to happen because we always wake up in that mindset that every day is good. Yeah. Every day is good, but yeah. it's not every, every day we're going to have our challenges. We, we just yeah. expect it to be good. It's high every day. It's going to be perfect today. Yeah. Like it's every not, day. Though. <laughs> like, the weather's wrong. I'm like, well, I can't. <laughs> You know, I can't run because it's raining out yeah. and it's ruining my training, you know, and then you just learn to be miserable within the rain. And like speaking on the aspect of like rain being a thing <laughs> that like gets people angry um, or short tempered, you know, in general, we always refer to people, but there's other things that could kind of yeah. make you short tempered. Yeah, right? that's what I was saying before. Well, I think it was before we started recording, but um, like I transitioned my mindset. I went into this sort of journey of getting better with mindset because of my outside of the gym mindset. And I thought I was pretty good in the gym. And then when I started being really reflective, I realized that I was not. And like, how funny is it like to think that a weight or like a Metcon or like a time could be something that could ruin my day? Like, come on, like, that's not like the squat rack. Like, that's not coming at me. Like, this is all me. Like now there's no one to blame except myself. So that, um, not being so reactive, like definitely translated into my CrossFit mentality. And that was good for me to realize because I realized I had a lot to work on there too. <laughs> so that's changed. Yeah, definitely. Because I know when I would see you train a lot of times, like if you you'd set this expectation that you'd be like, I have to get this workout yeah. <laughs> done in 15 minutes. And all of a sudden you're at like 15.05 and you're just like, oh, yeah. I expected to do better. Like, you know, you have those expectations, but yep. you could see how it really like sucked the soul out of you when you didn't hit that expectation. Yeah. Or like weight number wise, like Olympic lifting has been really, cause I was a powerlifter, And so I came into lift, like when I came to CrossFit, I was strong. Like I was, that was my thing was I was just the strong person. Like I figured out learning skills and getting a little better at this, but at least I was strong. But then it's like, well, now you got to do these things fast and they're complex and you got to have grace when you do them. And I was like, what is that? Like, is that <laughs> yeah, got to have skill. Up? Like, yeah. So learning Olympic lifting, like I had these expectations like, well, I'm a good CrossFitter. Like I should be able to snatch X amount and I should be able to clean and jerk this much. And I can't like I couldn't and I still can't. And I will never like if I have that men- like mentality forever, 
like, when will I ever be okay with it? Like, it's never going to be okay. Like, I'm always going to be upset at myself if I keep thinking that I should be doing something today that I can't do yet. Like, it's not okay. And like, I've been told this by other people, but I had to like really realize that. And like, it's still hard on a day-to-day basis. Um, And if I don't, like, I still set expectations and I still kind of get sad if I don't get them. But like, it's getting better. Like I'm, I'm learning ways to shift my mindset in the gym to be okay with where I am right now. What are, what ways are, how are you doing that? Okay. So this is like, don't make fun of me. Anybody listening to this podcast, it's super cheesy. Um, but it works. And like so far it's worked every time. And I like highly recommend this to people if they're having trouble with like a similar thing. Um, but within the last few months, um, so, you know, James, I don't know if everyone here, little, everyone, like, so I have, I work out, my workout partner is also my boyfriend and also my coach most of the time. So it's like a crazy dynamic that we're trying to figure out. Whoa. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, we balance it super well and he is like phenomenal and very helpful. And I'm able to open, like voice all of these things to him and have sort of like a sounding board who is like super open and warm and helpful. So in the past I had been squatting. So again, like, this is my strong suit. Let me add it. Like, this is where I'm already great. Like, I don't even need to worry about this. Like, bring me to the games. I'm going to squat. And like, that's not the case. (laughs) There are games athletes who are definitely out squatting me. So there was a day where I was doing a five by five at like 245 or something. Like some like super reasonable. Five sets of five reps. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) 245 pounds. Which is like a very reasonable number. Um, It's good. It's like, I was happy with it. And then I like look on Instagram and like, a games athlete is doing like 260, 265, 275, like way better than me. And like, I was so happy to be under 245, like minutes before. And then I saw that and I was like, super low. And I was like, this isn't okay. I can't react like this to this. And in that moment, I like said to James, like my workout partner, my boyfriend, I need a mantra for moments like this to shift my mindset away from being sad for the rest of the day about how I'm not a games athlete yet. Like I need something I can tell myself to make this okay. And so we talked about it a lot and I didn't like just pick something right then and there. I like waited and I thought, I thought on it. And so <laughs> like, don't make fun of this. Not making fun <laughs> so, of this. so I decided that, um, like my CrossFit journey is like, is like a mountain. Like this is my mountain. Right. And everyone has their own mountain. Like Tia Toomey's on her mountain. And that's a great, uh, the best the fittest woman on earth. And like, the fittest women on earth everywhere are all on their own mountain. Like we're not all climbing the same mountain together and we don't know where our peaks are or where our summits are, or where I'm going to get up certain parts of my mountain a lot faster than other people are. And I'm going to struggle with other pieces of that mountain and that's okay. But if I stop climbing the mountain right now, I'm not going to make any gains. So I literally say to myself before these lifts, or if I start to feel that way, like this is my mountain, it's my mountain. Like I'm not worried about, her mountain. I'm not worried about his mountain. Like this is my mountain. (laughs) And like me saying that has just like, I would say it right before a lift. Like I get into it. Like this is my mountain. This is my mountain. Like nobody can take this from me. I got to get up this part of this mountain at my pace. And that has been like a huge shift for me, like going forward. And it's helped me so much. (laughs) So I like, I'm very happy with that so far. (laughs) That's, That's awesome. You know, my thing that I always say is that you move a mountain one stone at a time. Yeah. Different, but it's very Same similar. Idea, yeah, you can like, look at that mountain, you're like, man, I'm never going to get to the top. Right. I'm never going to move that mountain. But and how overwhelming starts. is that? Like to be like, yeah. I'm going to get to the mountain today. Like, no, like you're not at the top of your mountain. And that's okay. Like, you've got to get through this patch first and you got to climb up it. You can't, there's no skipping. There's no elevator on your mountain. Like you got to like, 
you got to just get through this part. And if you don't, like if I, cause I, my reaction would be like, forget it. I'm going home. What's the point? Or like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just work through it. Like that's what I think my old favorite thing was like, I'll just, I'll just survive this workout. Like, no, like do your best, pick an intent, like find a reason to something to work on right now and get better at it and start climbing your mountain. Like start to get through this piece. So that's been helpful. Yeah, I think that's that's really awesome. And one thing that you're saying too that you hit a good number on your lift and you feel happy, and then you immediately feel sad because you're looking at somebody else what yeah. they do. And 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 it's all based off of three digits that are written on a social media post mm-hmm. that just totally like steal your soul, you know. And I always think it's funny because we we create this idea, and whether it's a, a distance of run. And it's for a time or lifting up a a certain weight. We create a goal in our head and we try for that goal. Mm -hmm. And if we don't make that goal that day, we get upset. Yeah. If even, but if you give your best effort, Mm -hmm. that is more important because your body does not care what weight is on a bar. Your body doesn't care what time that is made up that you're running. If you provide the best effort, that's what you can do. You can't be angry at yourself <laughs> like for giving the that. best effort. You yeah, can't. Exactly. Like you could try to, but that's what we all do. And so we always highlight that negativity instead of looking at all the successes, mm-hmm. whether they're big or small. And uh, you know, it was the same thing. Like when I was, you know, fighting to you know get up to a 450 pound back squat, um, I had a setback at like 315, and it just like you know, I said, you know what, I'm gonna push this weight. I felt a little twinge in my back and I go, you know what? I'm going to push this weight. Who really cares? I need to get to that goal and I need to get this set done. But my body was saying, listen, you know, we're not doing this set. And that's exactly what happened. I went down to that squat again. I felt it just like entirely tweak. And you know, I stopped, had to stop squatting or squatting heavy, you should say for a couple months. And you know, I never hit my goal 450. um, Well, I came pretty darn close, but I came back huge on that lift. And it was kind of like after I realized that don't do the numbers because this is what a piece of paper is telling me. Right. This is what a general program is telling me yeah. I need to do. You have to listen to that body. Yeah. And when that body says, hey, this is enough, it might be well below the number you expect. Mm-hmm. It might be incredibly slower run than you expected. But if you're smart and you listen to what your body is saying, not mm-hmm. what you're trying to tell yourself to do, uh, you know, I think that's the big difference between smart training and just training, you know, just to get it done. We have the, that mentality of just, yeah. <laughs> just getting it done. Right. But if we sit and, and focus on that position and make it harder with lighter weight and everything gets better in the long run, like you have to focus on that, which is hard in the moment, but it's just makes so much sense. Like talking about it. When one big thing for you was you had a lot, you're going from that powerlifting world where there's limited technique it's brute raw strength in Mm -hmm. general right going to crossfit where technique is a lot especially when you're dealing with uh weightlifting you're you're Mm -hmm. working on that clean and jerk and that snatch that takes a lot of technique that you can't just mow over with with strength so with that technique comes mobility yeah and one thing that you know uh you have worked so hard on in general and something that most people don't spend the time on is mobility, is getting like flexible, not only flexible, but mobile, meaning mobile, being able to move your joints through range of motion under tension yeah. is what we're looking at. So not just like sitting there and leaning over and touching the toes, but actually loading up weight into a position and then holding that. And you have done an incredible job uh, doing that. How important was 
mobility initially versus <laughs> what you do nowadays. So in powerlifting, it, I didn't care at all. I never thought about it. I was like, I can't front squat with a PVC pipe, but like throw 175 on it. I feel great. Like who cares? <laughs> like throw some weight on this and I'll feel good. I couldn't hold an air squat with my heels on the ground, like at all. So like there were some huge problems there, but I was just like, whatever, like throw some weight on it and everything. My ankles start to bend a little. <laughs> so like it's definitely, it was a problem, but I just didn't have to worry about it. Um, I did like a little mobility here and there. Like I did Ramwad, which is like a yoga online for athletes. And I, I did that. Like I kind of fooled around. I didn't have any intentions with it. I just like, it's like, this is what athletes do. I don't know. And that was it. Um, but when I started CrossFit, I was like, okay, like this is a problem. Like I can't hold an overhead squat with a PVC pipe. I can't even hold my arms over my head in a squat. Like there was nothing I could do. And it was really impeding my ability to be successful with almost everything. Like any kipping, you know what I mean? Muscle ups, everything. My toes to bar were flawed because I couldn't get my head through in the front. Like there were just so many things. So I decided like this has got to be just as much work as my weight. Like as versus, like you squat in a progression your mobility has got to be the same way. Like you got to start working on it or it's not going to happen. So it's been like actually a really fun thing to focus on because it's cool to see it change. Like I send you videos all the time of like, yeah. like this is so cool. <laughs> like daily. It's awesome. Like I PR'd my back squat today, my five at max. And I was probably more excited at watching the video because my right heel never comes off the ground. And I'm like, that's so cool. And I'm like, usually between every rep, I shift my right foot like a ton because I'm trying to find this like comfortable spot for my right hip to be in. And today I didn't shift my foot at all, like ever. So that was so much cooler to me than putting more weight on my back. It's just like a fun thing to see. So it's like worth the work. It's hard and it's like a lot of time, but like make it important. And it's just so fun to see the difference. Everything starts to feel easier. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, there's two things that people don't put enough time into nutrition and mobility. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to lift heavy. Everyone wants to have great cardio, run fast. Everyone wants to do all the cool gymnastics tricks, yeah. but most people don't want to put in the time for move our mobility of actually getting that stuff yeah, to, sure. to work properly or nutrition. I would put mindset on that list too. Cause I feel like that's been like a thing that I have spent active time on like I've had to like actively tell myself okay this is time that we need to meditate or this is time that I need to to read a book about this or this is time that I need to do this and like it's been something that I've had to like force myself to to work on and it's been just as much of a task as mobility or as weightlifting it's like this is something that needs time and like focus and attention and I feel like people skip over that too yeah and, I, and you know it's kind of funny too so we used to do this competitor training I forget for like uh, what, almost a year ago, maybe that we did all the competitor training over at Breakdown. Yeah, uh, yeah. So when I would go in there to help out and stuff and lead everybody, a lot of my things that I pushed at the end of class was mm -hmm. all mindset. It yeah. was, hey guys, I want you to read that this. That was book. like my beginning taste. Yeah, I was always mindset. like like Relentless. The book Relentless yep. by Tim Grover was a, a really really good book. Um, that kind of you know allowed me to kind of tie things that I was thinking about with athletes. And uh, I would put that stuff up or, hey, guys, are you tracking like your sleep? Are you tracking all this stuff? Because it's really important. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to just go through that cycle of this is not important. This is not important. And then you hit that breaking point where you're like, geez, I'm just getting angry at myself. I'm yeah. letting myself down and everything mm -hmm. I do. Something has to change. And that big thing that 
kind of spirals everything else is 100% your, your brain. Mm -hmm. You have to have the mindset to get something to be focused enough or control the things that you can't control to let them go. Yeah. You know, um, and it was funny because I see you being a person and we kind of always saw that, you know, you being a person who has always focused, like you said, you've been goal oriented forever. You've always had that focus to put in the hard work. Now finding what that hard work is according to, you know, what you needed for that hard work Mm -hmm. is different than what you thought you needed for hard work. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know, and I, it's cool to see that. And that's the big thing. Like I could just your progress that we're seeing in general from everything that you're doing is just incredible from years ago. And you are, like I said, one of the hardest working individuals I have to say, when you put your mind to something, especially training, I, there, there's not many people who can who can match up to that. And the only people that kind of match up to that are the people that are competing at the international level of, of fitness. And, and that's definitely one thing that I see. <laughs> if you continue on, it's just all about that consistency and keeping on going. Thank you. You know, uh, with that mindset, what are some other things that you do to help keep you focused on those tough days? So we started making intentions for workouts. Um, So like on days where I'm just like, where I normally would have been like, I'm just going to survive this workout. I'll just get through it, whatever. Or days where I normally would be like, I need to get through this in 15 minutes or else I suck at CrossFit and I'm going to quit forever. So instead of that, it was like, on this workout, you get 15 seconds or less of rest between your muscle ups. On this workout, you get like, there's just like, you need to do unbroken for this. Like there's just different intentions. So that way I'm working on a specific thing. And I do the same thing outside of the gym, like same thing for work. Like I'm going to work on being really present in the moment today for like, it was like different intentions for everything. And those are like little goals every day. And that kind of shifted, um, like it doesn't make it a bad day anymore. Like I didn't, I didn't hit 15 minutes, but I rest, I rested so much less on my muscle ups. I was able to maintain that the whole time. Like that's, that's big. I learned from that. I got better during that workout. So it prevented the bad days from happening, I guess. Like it prevented the, the ease of falling into that trap of everything being a bad day by making intentions. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think even people in general should spend like at least 20 to 30 minutes of being creative a day and that creativity usually happens when we're in a set pattern. So for instance, for me, I, this sounds really silly. (laughs) I voice record my thoughts of the day as I'm driving to and from work. Driving is when I have my like moment, driving and showering. Well, because you do things things that you do every day, (laughs) right? So that's when most people are most creative is at the time where they're stuck in that consistent pattern that allows them to do that job or that task without Mm -hmm. thinking about it. And it allows that brain to travel. Now, what happens is we become really creative, but we don't ever write it down or yeah. record it down. So then later in the day, you're like, I had all this creative stuff. so and good what, in the car, yeah. What was it? Well, how did I forget it? I knew I wasn't going to forget it. But taking that time to be creative and, and actually documenting that in some yeah. way. So on my phone, if you look at it, I have like <laughs> hundreds of like voice memos that a lot of them I'll go back and listen. and like, oh, those are really good points. Or I, I think about like random stuff that <laughs> – has no purpose at all, but just like random questions throughout the earth. But uh, I think being creative or having that time, it helps you with that mindset to kind of control your day. But 
do you do anything? Uh, you, you said obviously you, were, you create these goals and you said you write things on the back of your door. Yeah. How important do you think it is to actually document that? Whether that's when fourth grade, when you told your mom, hey, I'm going to win yeah. the uh, leadership or the yeah. academic award. Yeah. How important is it to take those goals and either tell somebody or write them down? I think it's about? so important because like I could, t I could tell myself a million times over that I'm going to get an X amount of muscle ups or this heavy of a clean and jerk. And then in the moment when it's frustrating, it's just like, meh, that's okay. It's okay if I don't achieve that. Like it's no big deal. But when it's like written down for me, it's like, I see it every day. Like I said, I put it on, I put a list on the back of my door um, last year. And then I have a new list from this year and I put every little stepping stone on the way to that goal. So it's not like this, like, it's not like nothing's happening. I'm just like terrible. It's like every little thing that I could do that is going well for that goal is written next to it. So like, I just always feel like I'm climbing my mountain. Like I always feel like I'm getting closer to that thing. And I think writing it down, like just makes it, I'm accountable now. Like I'm holding myself accountable and telling people I've always had like a trouble, trouble. Like I've had heart, like I've gone back and forth on whether or not it's necessary to tell people your goals. Cause I know um, you guys had made us do that back when we were doing competitor training. Like one of our first meetings, we had to share our goals. And I was like, I don't want to like, I don't know if they're like, if they're good. Like, I don't know if like they're realistic. Like, I don't know if I want to share that. And I feel like, sharing it is good with the right people. Like I want my family to know my big goals and I want the people who I really trust to know my big goals. But I don't know, like if for me, it's super important for me to just like put it all over social media. So everyone in the world knows my goals. Like it's just not important to me for people to know if I'm accomplishing what I feel is important to me. So I like it on the back of my door. I like my, it's mine. It's personal. It's my, it's my mountain. Exactly. <laughs> so, like it's, I, I think that's good for me. I think some people do need that. Like I know people do really well with weight loss challenges and things like that when they put it on Facebook and they're like posting their progress for it. And they're like, I'm going to lose this amount of weight. Or, These are my new year's resolutions, things like that. So if that works for somebody, like that's good. But for me, it was always more private and I don't feel the need to throw it out into the environment. Yeah. I think in general, we should always under promise and over deliver mm. and in the public eye. I yeah. mean, you know, if you go on, like I've had this, I have had this dream all my life. And it's one of these dreams that you don't know whether they're going to come a reality or a dream. And I've always been thinking about this for years and I've always been like, no, 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 I'm not, mm. you know, I'm not going to push it. And so I've never said anything to anyone else about this goal because it is a, uh, it is. Are you about to say it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> This is it right here. This goal that I've been going for like 10 years, 15 years. I'm going to put it out on this episode. No, no, no. But it's one of those things that I've always thought about. And that's just mean. That's not. It's you keep your goals personal. What I'm saying is, it's like, I will put my goals, you know, it's a dream. It's not a goal yet. Does that make sense? I like that. It's a dream. It's a dream. And there's not an end age that I wouldn't try for this to okay. turn the, the dream to the goal. Yeah. If that makes sense. But my life is not focused on this dream right now. I'm focused on this. I'm focused on the dream that I'm currently living right now, which is not a dream. It's a goal. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I think having those dreams is definitely something that you don't necessarily for me, I don't put those things out to anybody. My dreams are kind of like myself yeah. to like kind of review things a lot more and then maybe hint at it here and there. And then once I'm ready, then I tell those important people in my life that, hey, this is my goal. 
I'm going to follow it. I, you know, I, I think we avoid, there's a couple of reasons we put our dreams out there. There's always going to be someone who's going to stomp on your dream. Yeah. And I think your mindset now, if you were to put that out there, it wouldn't matter. No. You could open up. It, 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 it's not what you want to do, but if you did put out your goals and, and out to the, the social media public or so in public, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it would affect you whether because you don't really care. That's why you don't even do it. I was gonna say you know? I don't think the reason I'm not I wouldn't do it or like I don't care to do it is because that of that. Um, but yeah, I think I'm. Okay, yeah, it doesn't a couple doesn't matter. Ago, that would have crushed me. Yeah, it's exactly. Been a crushing blow, and now I'm gonna be like. Eh. Yeah, and I guess <laughs> that's where it becomes less yeah. important, you know. And I think yeah, that's a, sure. a big thing we all have when that mindset changes is now it's like, not like, Hey everybody, look what I'm doing. Yeah. Which I think is what Facebook and Instagram is all about in general. Everyday life is look what I'm doing. Look how fancy like the place I am. And that's cool. Like I'm all about that too. Don't get me wrong. We all do it here and there. Yeah. Uh, But I, I think in general, we take those goals and really focus on that. It's something that only a handful of people know, you know, I think like you, it changes where the motivation is coming from. Like, I feel like I've always been like, and this goes back to like that fourth grade story. I'm super like intrinsically motivated. Like this is about me. And I don't really care if anyone else is like, like, like thinks it's possible or not. Cause it's, I'm, it's for me. And like, if I'm posting things on Instagram, it's for me. It's not to be like, look what I did. Like I, I need to show you what I did today to the world. Like I'm not extrinsically motivated. I'm not motivated by the fact that other people are impressed by my squat. I'm intrinsically motivated to squat better all the time because I have goals that matter to me and I'll post a squat here and there. Cause I think it's cool. Like, and it's fun. And I like to see other people squat and do well, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, that's the difference is like, if you're going on vacation and you're, if you're going on vacation to take a picture, to post on social media, you're going on vacation for the wrong reasons. Like, and if you're doing the same thing with your dreams, you're going to, if it's a really hard dream, like you're or a really hard goal. I don't know if you're going to make it because it's got to be like, you can't just be relying on telling other people about your successes as your like main form of satisfaction. You got to be into it for, for you. And I think that's like where the telling people your dreams and goals falls. Are you telling them because you want them to be involved or because you just like happen to say it because you're, you're so into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that uh, deals with the, the difference between, um, you know, people will look at it as you being selfish, but I think it's more of self-respect. Yeah. And it's the same things of you giving up those things in life or you not going out drinking with said people and you focusing on your training or schoolwork. Mm-hmm. It's not you being selfish. It's you having self-respect of, is this going to help or hurt my goal? Is this going to help exactly. or improve? And, and that's the kind of way that I look at things every day now is, is this going to help me towards my goal? Or is this going to hurt me? And there's days that you're going to say, it's going to hurt me to my goal, but I need that mental break. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have those. But as long as we're taking that road of this is helping me towards my goal, more than taking the road of yeah. I feel bad for myself, self-pity and stuff like that, which we all do um, here and there, you know, those kind of two paths are what's like good to focus on. And, and when I have those days of I need my pity party to myself, I put a time cap on it. I allow myself, you know, um, when the world is coming to an end, mm-hmm. I have 48 hours. I give myself two days. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the longest period of time I give myself to, you know, cry about how bad my life is and all that. But after those two days, I don't care what it is. It's kind of like that five minutes of being upset and yeah, removing that. I like that. Keep it objective. Yeah. And it's it, those little tiny things that you start implementing that you don't realize start changing that mind have definitely helped out a lot. 
So with all those little changes, you know, I can't think back to the first little change that I met, but I can look back and see a lot of the little changes that I implement now that are so important Mm -hmm. that weren't so important back then. Yeah. I think that was like, for me, it was being honestly reflective with my behavior and my weaknesses (laughs) in terms of mindset and in terms of everything. And I don't think I was ready to be honestly reflective until I like to like when you were teaching us all those things, I read the book, like I wouldn't read the book, you know what I mean? I, I read the book you told me to read and I don't know if I was like ready. Like I needed to have the moment to myself where I was like, whoa, I got to change this. And then I was like ready to go. And then I was like on this mindset tear where I was like telling people you should do that. You should do this. Like they're not ready for it. Like they got to find their own, their own time. And like hearing all of the content and resources is helpful, but I think you need to have that moment where you're ready for it. And like being able to look at yourself and see what you need to work on is really helpful. And that was like the big thing for me that made me realize like the little things that I was doing and the little things I could do to make a change, to make a difference over time. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it is the old saying you you could, you know, lead a horse to water, but you can't make yeah, it drink. And you know, you, you go through these, all these leadership courses that I went through in the military Uh, and you know, it was more of like, this is dumb. This is stupid. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And now I see myself, I'm implementing a lot of these things, like the importance of vision, like importance of having your business have vision. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd have to say the, the, you know, the creed and we'd have to know, you know, all these different things that, that from, you know, big military. And now I'm at the point I'm like, well, my vision is, is, is so important, like empower mindset through movement. It's, it's so important for people to understand my vision because it helps give that direction. And it's the same thing of being quiet and listening to yourself and trying to find what's really important. But the cool part is, is like, we've all, like you were there, you didn't have that mindset before, right? You, you had goals all day long, but you didn't have that mindset. But the repetitive of somebody just being like, this is cool, mindset, mindset, (laughs) mindset, it almost like becomes annoying. And and I take it for those people uh, who are in general who are going and going out and and enjoying life and taking their vacations and million Instagram pictures, you know, and we look at it as that's cool and all, but like, what's your focus and drive? And they're allowed to have their opinion, allowed to do that. And that's great. But at the same time, it might be just one of those times where they're taking that picture and then being like, hey, what is... What's important in my life? Mm-hmm. Is it all these vacations or is it all this time? And if it is, cool, because that's what some people yeah, want to do. They sure. want to be those influencers and travel and yeah. and spread that knowledge. But at the same time, I think with, with just being around people who, who promote that positivity, it somehow seeps its way in until one day out mm-hmm. of nowhere, you're like, mindset. We need to change this. Let's go. Then you're like, oh my God, everyone, (laughs) I learned mindset. Now I get why people who who do work on it like want to share it so much. Like I feel like people who like like this stuff like are so eager to be like, try this, try that, try this. This worked for me. Like, and I get it now because it's like I want to everyone to like understand it 
and like feel it and get it and like try it and like I just I'm just like that now like where it's like I get it I get where they were all coming from <laughs> putting this content out in the world because it's so cool it's so empowering it's so helpful it changes everything yeah like all the self-help all these people like yeah. oh I read self-help Mostly, books yeah. and you're like really <laughs> yeah who reads self-help books like my entire audible collection <laughs> yeah. is like self-help every week I'm like I have like another list now yeah yeah, another book. And I used to make fun of people who yep. used to like make who has any self-help. But it's true. It's really like changing that thing. Now, did you ever have setbacks with, you know, have you tried like changing your mindset before, uh, you know, yeah. or, or just like <laughs> thought, how did that go? Okay. So I, I guess like my first like thoughts about mindset, particularly in the gym, were like, you need to be positive, like be more positive just be more positive. Like, that's like what I just told myself, like, Oh, just be happier. Just smile more. Just be more positive. And there were days where I was like, today, you're just going to be positive. Like, that was like, <laughs> like, it was just so, it was not successful. Like, and I was like, I was less positive because I couldn't maintain my positivity. So now I was like extra and negative. So that wasn't helpful. <laughs> so that was like my beginnings of like trying to make a change smile more <laughs> For, yeah forced mindset yeah is what i like to say and, and i always try to tell people too that it took me years of missing years of not doing it right yeah of finding ways that yeah you can't do it you can't force yourself to be happy you have to you can't like, you no. know like i'm happy today and yeah. everyone's like what's wrong like i'm happy yeah. and you're like miserable you can't force that but yeah. and you can't rely on other things to make you happy like i can't and i still do this and i still struggle with this but like I can't rely on me doing something that I expect myself to do to be the precursor to my happiness. Like that can't be the way that I go into things. Like I just like have to expect something or have a goal and be cool with where I'm at and like find a good thing about it and like go from there. Like if I didn't do well, like I better do better next time. Like I better learn something from it. But like I don't have to be smiling while I'm like failing, but I have to realize that this is worthwhile still. Like something can come from it. So that's awesome. What is something that our listeners can do today to help learn about mindset, learn about writing goals, Mm. changing that dream to a goal? What is something they can do today? Write things down. I think is the easiest, the easiest thing to start with. Like write it down, put it out there, like for yourself or whatever online. I don't care if you like, if you're that type of person who wants to put it out or, but I think for yourself, like have a journal, have a, piece of paper write down like it doesn't have to be an objective specific goal right now but like what do you want what makes you happy and I think like the act of writing it down creates the time for you to think about it and like that's important like what do you want what are your goals and then writing a rough draft and then sort of going from there are they long-term or are they short-term if they're long-term let's break it down into short-term goals and write those down too and make sure they are attainable so that's just like Making your overarching or sort of overwhelming goals or dreams more attainable today and next week and a month from now. And it just makes it more doable, more realistic. Write it down. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I, I, I look at that as I'm not a person who likes to do admin work and trying to do admin work or create these ideas like our vision and stuff. It all started with it seems like an overwhelming task, right? Mm-hmm. Things just seem overwhelming. And then when you start writing it down, it's like your to-do list. And right? you get to cross it off. That's the best. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, right? Crossing it off is so like, I did that. Like it's one less thing. So yeah, it makes it. So write things down. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan of that too. 
I definitely think that is important and one thing that keeps me on track. And especially in the digital world where I don't fit too well, I'm a pen and paper type of person. Same. You know, like, my yeah, agenda yeah. is kind of paper. You're, yeah, exactly. Highlighter, you <laughs> yep, have all of your Like, I think that's so awesome. And I'm the same way. Like, I have my scheduling calendar online, but I have this huge, like, calendar from elementary it. school in the 80s. It's so pretty, though. It's got flowers on it for people who can't see it. And I get to cross days off yep. as well besides it's appointments. So one thing to help people just focus on that goal or change that mindset or change your dream to a goal is – what Meg says is to actually start writing that down. So that's definitely what you should be doing. Uh, but Meg, I appreciate you coming out. Is there anything else that you want to put out there to everybody, uh, whether it's fitness, nutrition, or just general facts about life or something that people can do or anything? I guess like back to where we started, like if you have something that you really want, do it. Like find a way, like think about what you really want and like don't let somebody else's expectations stop you from trying something. Cause I think that's really empowering and really important. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for coming you. out. It's been an absolute awesome. pleasure. <laughs> and uh, I just want to thank all the listeners out there for listening to the high order podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Petrulis, and we will be back next week with more talk on mindset, fitness, and nutrition. Cheers.